Oh, yeah, we have been recording now for 15 seconds. I'll have to edit that portion. All right, so gun line, gun line, gun line. We got a fire mission coming down, y'all. I'm your host, Lopez, and you're listening to the Under Gun Line podcast where we chop it up and shoot the shit like we would out in the field. So go on and pop a squat because it's about to get hot right now. You are on the gun line. Hey, check this out. If you haven't got a chance, make sure you guys go and check out the Vet Bro Reacts. They are under the umbrella of the Under Gun Line podcast, so you'll find it on the same YouTube channel. But the Vebro reactions are st- are strictly and specifically for the YouTube channel. All right, make sure y'all go give that uh, the videos a thumbs up and a like or a thumbs down. Uh, but let me know why you know what I could do better. All right, I know they get pretty lengthy, but uh, that's because I'm retarded like that. Anywho, as you can see here with me, uh, I got the homie, the man with the master plan, the Ron Paul Independent Libertarian, not liberal. Uh, for some reason, we look like twins today. Um, it was not planned out that way, I promise you. But we got all compos back here on the line. And, um, dude, I mean, last time you were on here, you know, we got to know your whole military background, all that good shit. So all that portion is over. Now we're just going to have conversations like we would out in the field, right? And, bro, yeah. I'll tell you what. I had a I had a, um, a guest on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, his name is Dickie Duke. And he was talking to me about... Um, he sent me a video, the Glenn Beck one. I don't know if you if you saw that one that I sent yep. you. And um, it's pretty fucking scary, bro, what the government is doing as far as like um buying out. Well, not the government itself, but people that are billionaires. Mul- yeah, multinational corporations and with the help of government. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And they're buying out all this fucking acreage and talking about um starting up something like a, what was it? A smart cities, bro. Yeah, like that something like that, I think, could lead to a not good situation in the U.S. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I used to up until COVID in 2020, I was living in Austin and Austin's mm-hmm. actually going to be one of the uh, um, tested grounds for this uh, smart city. Really? So, for for example, the um, Central Texas Mobility Authority, which is basically the uh, toll roads that's in the Austin area. Yeah, they're actually working on a technology where in the future, basically the toll roll, the company will be able with through the computer, be able to speak to your car to communicate with your automobile. And and they're working with Ford, Ford Motors to do this. What now communicate in which is, way, though? So, like, basically, you'll have like for uh, your car will have like a, some kind of computer software system in the vehicle and then. As the vehicle goes into onto the toll road, it'll be able to communicate to the vehicle and then through and then speak to you through the like your your screen and basically say, oh, you can get off on this exit. You're here. You have this many miles until you reach your destination, blah, 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 All, you know, and, as well as other things. So it'll be kind of like um like a OnStar meets the GPS. Yeah, something like you that. You know, like that's what it's sounding like. Yeah. Give me one second, because these damn dogs are barking. All right, sorry about that. Um, my dogs were barking. I had to yell at the one of the daughters to hopefully bring the dogs in, but they never listened. So, yeah, dude, that shit was tripping me out when he told me about that. And um, I should have invited him on this one, but um, I don't know what his work schedule is. It was kind of like last minute. You know what I mean? So, dude, tell me how you been, brother. What's been going on with you? 
pretty good pretty good uh back in uh april i brought i just purchased a house oh okay where i'm located now so it's a first time for me so i've been uh doing a lot of uh upkeep uh on that and doing a a few other things the house is pretty pretty new um but uh with that said uh, with what we're talking about one one of the things that i i am going to start working on within this next uh within springtime is getting a uh gardening in the back of my uh, yard as well as possibly a chicken coop okay is that legal in your um in your uh, where you're living at to have a chicken coop because i know there's places that restrict having chickens yeah so like um as of right now the county it's how how do i read it i think the county it's actually unlimited there's actually i don't think there's a set number as long as you don't have any roosters uh but i only probably have no i probably I want no more than between five and seven is uh i just have a normal size backyard why can't so you have roosters more than that oh t- t- waking people up oh okay 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 <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i mean i don't know i grow i grew up in la like in the city of la south central los yeah. angeles to be exact and uh, we had roosters in the backyard bro like i mean like anybody that was pretty much a hispanic family we yeah. had roosters in the backyard, bro. Oh. We had a chicken coop and all that shit. We used to have fresh eggs back there, you know. So, and then um, I thought about getting some here, but my yard's not big enough for the dogs and the kids. I mean, you got to have a decent sized backyard uh, to have those chickens. Well, the chicken coop is just mainly for for the eggs, right? Is that what you would keep them for? Yeah, the chickens and chicken coops. So, for yeah, so they wouldn't be eggs. coming out too much. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, man, dude. So you sent me some uh something earlier um and anyway the main reason i like having on here is because of your politicalness you know you're a lot more politically savvy than i am and um i think we align pretty well as far as how we believe um in our in our i don't want to say allegiance but in our uh way the government should run you know yeah and i i honestly i have a question for you man um and this is just you know i just got a question regarding um felons and the right to vote and the right for to bear arms you know um i think this is just me thinking as a felon um i think that it once you've done your time once you have uh paid your debt to society uh, as long as your crime was not a violent crime that you should your your 2a should be restored you know what i mean you should be able to get your weapons back now if you were involved in a crime that involved the weapon I can see, you know, them restricting your two way, yeah. even though it does say shall not be infringed. But um, that and as well as um, voting, I think that voting, voting rights are are God given rights, and I think that if you've paid your debt to to society, even if you you know you're a convicted felon, you should be able to re- restore your rights to vote again. What do you think on that? So I've always taken the belief that just like when you mentioned the second amendment uh, shall not be infringed that, uh, and you mentioned God given right. Uh, and that's what the second amendment is, is protecting your God given right. So when it comes to somebody who commits a felony and I'll even go a step further, even if they did, uh, uh, commit a crime with a, with a firearm mm-hmm. that once you've paid your debts to, to society, but then also I'll add, you know, when you get out, what is it called? Parole or is it probation that you're parole. on? Yeah, when you're parole, when yeah. you come out of prison and probation, yeah. when you do like, uh, you know, county time. 
Okay, so once you're out of because when you get out of prison, you're on that parole time because they have to see if you can adjust to society. And you're not committing more right. crimes. So I think that what of course while you're in prison and then while you're on that parole time, uh, it should be limited. But once once you've paid your debts to society and have proven that uh, you're not going to commit any more crimes, then all your rights should be absolutely restored, whether they be gun. Uh, whether they be uh, your gun rights or your voting rights. See, I I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I just have a little bit of, um, I get it. People have, um, um, some people make mistakes at a young age, you know, and yeah. uh, so they just happen to have a firearm next to them and that's what they use to commit a crime or whatnot. I get it. And, you know, people can change, you know. The only yeah. people I think can change are rapists and fucking child predators. Um. I think they automatically should be sent to death row personally. Um, it's a it's a trip, man. Um, I I agree with you, but I think that those that did that were involved in in a violent crime uh, with a weapon, they should at the very least, I would say, I guess, register their weapon. Unlike you know, a U.S. regular well, citizen yeah, doesn't have I, to register their weapons, and I get it's a slippery slope though because then you yeah. start setting precedents, you know. Well, I mean, and my argument there would be that, like, when somebody's committing a heinous crime, then the, the problem's not necessarily the gun rights. The, the problem is that then they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law, where they're not going to come out for a very long time. Right. And so that would eliminate the problem of them, you know, coming out to do another crime. But, but at the same time, I'm also a big believer in, you know, people who mess up. If you are going to be in there for a long time, a long period of time, it should be there for you should be there for rehabilitation. Oh, that's a good one right there. Campos, thank you for bringing that up. I, I've been delving a lot lately into um, with like the prison genre of um of YouTube. Yeah. And, you know, there's uh, there's yeah. just one that I listen to a lot that I, I view a lot. His name is Dubs. Um, shout out Dubs. Um, I, I always go to his lives or whenever he drops something new. Check him out if you can. It's D-U-B and YouTube. And you'll find it. He has a couple of channels. It's Dubs V or Dubs, and you'll find it. Anyways, shout out yeah. to Dubs. But um, that dude, um, what I trip out on is like, I mean, he he went to prison. Well, he started um a career uh in crime as a young cat, like yeah. really young. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in his teens, he ended up catching a uh, a murder case, a murder beef. Yeah. And um, he got convicted and he got sent to prison for life. All right. And um, while in prison, you know things. California state prisons just run a whole different program than anywhere else, I think. But anyways, long story short, he did his, uh, he did 24 years total straight. All right. And um, there was some politics that I think California got right finally because he uh, those that were convicted of crimes as an adult or OK, so let me preface it. He was already, I think, 19 or 18 when his case happened. So he was technically an adult. But um, through California bills, they started saying, well, you know, or there was uh, there was some research done that the mind doesn't completely develop till you're 25. Right. So I guess they did like a case by case basis. And he was one of those that was actually um, given a date to be released because of that. And I think that, you know, being sentenced as a young child, 15, 16 as an adult, yeah. 14 years old as an adult, that's a that right there does an injustice to the person. So California did something right with um, having a lot of those cases looked at and seeing if this person deserved a second chance at society. You know what I mean? So yeah. with that, 
the whole point that I went through all that was because um, the prison systems are supposed to be there for rehabilitation. But nobody that I know that's gone to prison has in any way, shape or form told me about how much they rehabilitated in there. You know what I mean? Like the, um, as if it was like something that's like uh, it's mostly you're incarcerated to do time like a fucking yeah. caged animal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that maybe the government should step in. I mean, the state government, or the federal government, one of them need to step in and start rehabilitating. But even as a young age, bro, I mean. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, do you see a failure or I don't know if you've read or researched any of it as far as like the prison a systems in the States? Well, I mean, there's a term out there called the uh, we, last time I was on the show, we talked about the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a term out there called the the prison industrial complex uh, because there's an actually an economic incentive uh, in many different states where, you know, these some of these prisons get more fun. The more prisoners they get in there, they get more funding. Um, so there's a little bit of an economic incentive to, you know, have, uh, more and more prisoners in some of these prisons. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say, but I would also say that, I mean, with the, there's gotta be a lot, a lot of laws that need to be corrected. Um, like for example, when you look at the majority of like a lot of these people who are in prison, half the time, they're majority of the time, they're people without, who grew up without a two parent household. Yes. Um, like in you know in, in his case i don't know his case but you know if he did something when he was that young or he started doing crime at that young it wouldn't surprise me that he's probably grown up in a one-parent household well uh um, it, no and hit well his household was not the greatest i'll put it like that from the stories that i've yeah. heard it was one of those where um he got into the gang life at a very young yeah. age so because he was turning towards uh he wasn't being shown love at home per his own words yeah. And he found the love that he was looking for out on the streets. So, I mean, yep. I can 100% um, uh, understand that. Now, I did grow up in a nuclear family. You know, I, I, I grew yeah. up in a household with a mom and a father. You know, they both worked hard. But because, and I don't want it to be an excuse, with them being at work all day and then coming home, you know, it was already late at day, later in the day. They didn't really want to deal with me. You know, and I'm not going to say it wasn't love. I was loved at home. However, I was looking for more of an acceptance. You know, I wanted to belong. Yeah. And to yeah. me, that was more of my thing. I wanted to belong to something. And um, that's why I ended up joining the military way up in the end. But in between that period of time, I may or may not have delved in the same footsteps that he was in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but anyways, the prison, uh, prison industrial complex, please. Uh, I, I've heard of um that there are like... Uh, privatized prisons yeah a little bit like there's some privatization into it and then and then of course you have government um you know intertwined with it so like i said you know some some of the there's some situations where the more prisoners that these prisons get the more funding they're going to get from taxpayer and so there's there's an economic incentive in it uh and then also with the the real rehabilitation part of it some of these prisons you know like you like you said mentioned you have these guys going there and they're just sitting there confined as like caged animals. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there are some in some states and in some situations, there are some uh, programs set up where some of these prisoners who don't have a high school diploma, they end up getting it or getting mm-hmm. a, their GED or something else that uh, some states have is where um, some of them are able to work on getting an associate's degree um, mm-hmm. so that when, when they, when they get out, they have some kind of job skill that will get them working and get them off the street 
So it's, you know, certain things like that, that are, but, they, but you know, every state's different. Um, but then there's also, you know, I'll also go into, you know, the laws that are just put in place. I mean, majority of the people you see, especially in federal, federal uh, prison, I mean, most of those guys are in there for nonviolent drug crimes. And so I, right. I definitely think that there needs to be a, a different, different look at uh, our, uh, uh, at least the decriminalization of, of drugs. Because at the end of the day, a lot of them are nonviolent crimes. And, and when you look at it, that's what's filling it, filling our federal prisons as well as our state prisons. Right. I agree with you on that. Um, as far as like decriminalizing a lot of the um, personal use of drugs. Right. Um, yeah. Now, the government, the only reason that I think that they classify these drugs as being like hardcore is because they can't tax them. They, there's no way for them to make money off of it. You know, the only one well, that could be making money is the government. God damn it. Yeah. Well, and that's where they're changing their minds when it comes to marijuana is because, uh, you know, Cal uh, Colorado, who's the first to do it mm -hmm. uh, to legalization, because uh, as of right now, there's still federal laws in the books on marijuana. But it mm -hmm. just comes down to the states, the, the state's refusal to to follow them right. and the states are stepping in saying no. But what's happened. And of course, here's the other thing. Of course, the reason why the federal government's not jumping in as well to to enforce it is because uh, these businesses that have been created through marijuana, they're now being taxed. Right. And so you may have the justice department on one side hand, you may have the justice department of the federal government saying, Oh, we don't like this. But then on the other hand, you have the IRS telling the justice department, Hey, look guys, look how much revenue we're, we're bringing in. Why don't you lay off? Why don't you lay <laughs> off? Right. Um, telling the justice department, why don't you lay off on them? You know, honestly, I think that alcohol does worse to a person than marijuana does you know they say that marijuana is the gateway drug but honestly speaking yeah. i think that alcohol is a gateway drug i mean what's I mean, being drunk if it's not just another word for being high oh yeah i mean you know? i mean you know it, just, it comes down at the end of the day it comes down to personal responsibility and yes not, not letting um you know not letting the drug or alcohol or cigarettes or tobacco or whatever control you control you exactly yeah and um you know the biggest argument is going to be all all those mads and um you know mothers against drunk drivers that are going to be yeah. like if this happened under alcohol can you imagine what's going to happen under cocaine or what's going to happen so i can I, I just when when i start thinking like of good ideas i immediately yeah. start looking at what's going to be coming at me as yeah. the con you know what i mean so it's just i i wish that there was a way that we can get to our youth a lot younger um like for example i'm gonna go back to the the the, the gangs all right i grew up in a neighborhood yeah. full of gangs all right all over the place i may or may not have indulged in them or you know been part of that um lifestyle and um uh, and i came from a healthy family like i said you know um just that they were very working class and i grew up in a very bad neighborhood and i don't want to say i was a product of my society because then i'm just blaming it on society versus myself you know, I knew that I, I didn't have to do certain things. I wanted to do them, you know. But again, for me, yeah. it was because I wanted to belong with those cool ass guys that dressed all cool. And, you know, they had all the broads yeah. and it was just the cool things. I was, I guess, easily um, influenced by material things back then, you know. Yeah. But the camaraderie that I felt there as well, the brotherhood, you know, you could call it. I, I yeah. felt it there amongst my friends, you know, amongst yeah. my homeboys. And again, like, I mean, that was until I was about 23 and then I ended up leaving L.A. So I'm not going to say I was a hardcore gang member, you know, out there. You know, if that was the case, I probably would have been in prison a lot sooner. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. But uh, don't let the hairstyle fool you. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Lo- Lopez here had a little bit of a past. But what I'm saying is um, maybe if they would have had something to detract me from it. Like, I wish I think back, like, you know, I, I start thinking about kids out there. What are good ways to get at them? Of course, it all starts at the home. It does start at the home. Yeah. But yeah. let's let's be realistic and say that, you know, specific, especially nowadays, you know, you don't have two two parent households. Uh, shit. Sometimes you yeah. barely have one parent who's like yep. even active with the family or with yeah. their children. There needs to be some kind of youth outreach to and I hate to say this because a lot of the gang members that I knew or those that I see on the prison channels, like the prison genre, they would have been great soldiers, bro. They would have been great service members. Yeah. Because, you know, when they're in that system, yeah, they're out here breaking laws, you know, U.S. laws and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, once they get into the prison system, at least in California, there's rules that they got to follow, okay, and regulations they got to follow. That's perfect for the military because they have the structure right there. A lot of them that I've been hearing, they say they like the structure. You know what I mean? Shit, what better structure than the military? So could there be a way maybe that, what are your thoughts on this? Maybe, you know, as a, if you start seeing at at risk youth to start yeah. like maybe I don't, I don't want to call it like a farming them towards the military, but start kind of yeah. like guiding them that way. Well, in the, in the old days, that's what a lot of judges would they would do that. Uh, some I mean, years ago, sometimes you'd have, you know, people who would be 19, 18, 19, 20 years old and they'd get in some trouble. And then they uh, whatever lawyer they'd get, they make something to kind of deal with the judge and the judge would say, OK, well, we can we lighten your sentence or we'll we'll look at this the other way if you join the military mm-hmm. um so i mean judges used to do that back in the day um now of course i think that would depend on the type of crime you did right right um but but it is you know it, i mean that could be an alternative um the only the only thing the only thing that would worry me in regards to like the youth is getting is the militarization of of, of getting of the youth and i don't have problems with things like jrt jrotc and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, but I think just maybe having that option. So like when they do, be, when they do become of age, um, 17, 18 years old, that that's something that they could, you know, and that's what a lot of people do. And a lot of people we we served with where you know, a lot of people join the army to get away from where they were from. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's kind of, like I said, that, so that would probably be the aspect that I would be worried about is the militarization. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I was going to go at this somewhere else. Oh, I, but from a historical point of view, I will also say this is that when certain times times come up when they're bad, like when we're at war, mm-hmm. government will start to relax their, who uh, who they allow in. I mean, we saw we saw it. I'm sure uh, towards the I, end I'm of a product. my enlistment contract, when we were seeing guy, I remember seeing privates freaking gray hair, 40, 41 years old privates, mm-hmm. um, barely coming yep. in as as I was getting out to leave. We had you know. Yeah. <laughs> So look, it just look at old man Carter, Stanley Carter. He had to be the oldest guy yeah. in our unit. That motherfucker, look, he was damn near 50. <laughs> I think he was probably like in yeah. <laughs> maybe 35 or 40 when he came in. But when I came in, I was 26 when I came in. And now the whole reason yeah. that I came in late was because, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Marine. And unfortunately, I made a lot of mistakes in my life that caused me to catch cases and or, you know, and or mess my, my record up. All right. Long story short, I have a felony. And it was a felony for grand theft. 
And um, I went to the, I just told this on, on a different episode, I think maybe, or on the Bed Bros one, I don't know. But um, when um, I went to the Marine Corps recruiter when I was about maybe 19, 19 or 20. And I told him, hey, I want to join the Marine Corps. And they were like, do you have a, a high school diploma? And I told him, I don't, but I have a GED. And he's like, yeah, GED's not going to do. You have to go to, go to you're going to at least have to go to go to college. Go to college and get at least one, one credit semester or one semester of, um, of of some class i don't care if you take pe but you gotta go to you gotta go get college now like yeah i'm not gonna do all that you know what i mean fuck i want to be a marine corps tanker that's all i wanted to do drive tanks bro you know and they were like no so i'm like okay that kind of burst my bubble because i wanted to be a fucking marine all right but you know you always hear that the army is more laxed right so right next door to them because you know usually they have all the recruiters all in one spot so that same little shopping center i went to the fucking uh the army recruiter and he's like, um, so you want to join? Like, yeah, man, I want to be a tanker. And I remember seeing that big ass poster, Armored Cavalry, and they had the Bradley and they had the fucking um, the yeah. uh, the M1 tank. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be a tanker, bro. That's what I want to do. Like, okay, yeah, we can get you in it for real. Oh, uh, you know, uh, you got a, you got a high school diploma? Like, nah, I got a GED. He's like, mm, okay, that's gonna be a tough one, but uh, you know, as long as you got to score X amount on the ASVAB. Like, okay, okay, okay. And then I um I told him I also went to Job Corps and that that would like okay, that'll help you. And then they told me, Do you have any tattoos? And I said, Yes, I do. And he saw my tattoos. And they happened to be from a well known uh neighborhood. So they told me you gotta cover those up or you're gonna get disqualified. Well, I was young. So my mentality was like, fuck no, I'm not getting them taken off. You crazy. Anyways, long story short. When the war kicked off in two thousand and in two thousand and three, like you were saying, the, yeah. they lacked the standards, right? So yeah. I went there and I ran down the whole thing again with them. GD Job Corps, okay, got it. All you got to do is score a fifty or above on your um on your on your ASVAB. All right, cool, no problem. What about the tattoos? Like now, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so he told me if you're willing to put in the work of getting the tattoos taken off i'll get you in i'm like all right so i had to get cover-ups right anywho the reason i yeah. say that is because um the standards were so much lax i didn't even need a waiver bro for my felony i didn't even need a waiver yeah. they just um they did a what they called the packet review and i had to sit down with some major and you know he just basically said you promise not to do this again like so that was 1997 I'm not in this 2003 or uh, 2004. I'm not going to do it. And like, all right, cool. You have you been in trouble? No. All right. We'll accept you in stamp. Good to go, bro. And the reason I'm, I'm saying all that I'm rambling on, I'm sorry about that, bro. Um, the reason I'm rambling on is because it hurts me when I see that there's so many youth or so many men that could have made a better life for themselves had they only been given the opportunity to do so. To yeah. be productive members, um, I always wondered if that you know go to war, or go to jail was actually like um a like a what do they call it, urban legend, you know what I mean? But well, there's I no it, there's no like go ahead. There's no laws put in place for it, but it was basically like this uh, decisions of the judge. Okay, like whenever you go before a judge, that's basically what it came down to was the decision of the judge because how the judge looked at it was this. One, you're 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 going to be leaving the society, whatever society you're in. If you're committing crimes, you're gone. You're going to be gone. 
Mm-hmm. So we're getting rid of you out of out of that society. You don't have to deal with you. The legal system they don't have to deal with you because you're going to be gone. And then two, maybe this might you know fix you fix your problem or make you a better person going into the military. And so that's how a lot of the yeah a lot of these judges would look at it. Yeah, I think definitely um that that should be a viable option. I think specifically for uh like young offenders between the ages of like let's say if you already seen them in those paths like 15 16 17 but what ends up fucking up these kids are like you were saying like the laws certain laws are automatic felonies all of a sudden and that's just gonna ruin a kid's fucking chance to do anything in their life so what you know that's gonna bring them back into the process again like you said the industrial complex of the prisons you know it's almost like they have it planned out or mapped out that they're gonna keep you from the cradle to the grave you know yeah well and it also depends on what state you live in. Like uh, I can, you know, I can say right now certain laws in certain different states of, you know, living here in Iowa and Nebraska and then also Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on, the, you know, whoever you have, the, the people in that society and then the politics and the people who they, you know, elect to have represent them, who they get in, um, into office to pass these laws. Uh, like, for example, like, you know, in Iowa, we have a lot of evangelicals who live here in the entire state. And so with that, that that is reflected within the laws. Um, and, and I, and we were talking about marijuana earlier. I always tell people mm-hmm. it's probably going to be either Iowa or Nebraska. That's probably going to be the last two States to finally legalize <laughs> it fully. Cause right now it's a domino effect. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is in Nebraska and Iowa, there's so many evangelicals that it's their way of thinking is different. And that reflects within right. the laws that are passed. It's amazing how, you know, a lot of the laws for this country are want to be dictated by the two states on the coasts you know by new york and california you know they they wish they could run this whole fucking country but they don't realize that yeah. there's a well, whole other world in the midwest in the middle of the u.s you know yeah and, and by the way on another note that's that's why we and that right there is why we have a uh, a house and a senate because if we only had a house it would be only by population um and then you would have states like California and New York dominating every vote mm-hmm. um, that, that would go to Congress. And you, so with the Senate, the Senate is there to balance that out. So then um, every no matter what, every state, no matter how big it is, gets two senators. And mm-hmm. and then also that's also the same reason why we have the Electoral College, because if we didn't have mm-hmm. the Electoral College. Basically, the pe- people in states like uh, New York and California would dominate every election for every president. And then mm. all these guys or all these, you know, guys, girls, whoever, who are running for president, they would not even come to states like Wyoming, Iowa, Nebraska, states that are you know, less populated. They wouldn't even come to campaign. They wouldn't care about you because <laughs> exactly. all they would do is just spend, they would just spend their time campaigning on the east and west coast because that's where the big population's at. And then that's it. And, and you know what's be, funny? And then, and then if, you lived in a, if you lived in a small a state, you would not be represented. And that's what I, you know, um, I'm a big supporter of the electoral college because of the way I hear it works. Yeah. Do I understand it? I don't understand shit of it. I know each state has X amount of fucking points. That's it, you know. And um, but the points system, I don't know how they're dispersed. Um, I think it, isn't it that like the the if can you break that down? Yeah, Go ahead. there's only two states in the there's only two states in the entire country that does not have winner take all, Nebraska and Maine. Those are the only other than every state has is what's called winner take all. So basically, what winner take all is is every state has uh, congressional districts, 
Um, mm-hmm. So, like, for example, Iowa. Iowa has four, uh, yeah, I believe, four congressional districts. So when we have uh, for president, let's say, uh, well, we'll use uh, uh, Biden and, and um, Biden and uh, Trump. So if Trump wins Iowa, if he gets the majority of votes in Iowa, he gets all four of those congressional districts as the Electoral College. OK, whereas let's say in Nebraska, I think there's three congressional districts. Um you may have a situation where Obama, uh, Biden wins the majority of District One, mm-hmm. Trump wins the majority of District Two, and then and then maybe Biden wins District Three, and so th- therefore Biden will get two of those uh, votes, those congressional district votes from Nebraska, but then Trump will get one because Nebraska is not winner winner take all. It's based on. Um, Congressional district voting. So then the point and, system is and, per congressional district. It's one point per congressional yeah. district. Okay. So every electoral. Yeah. So how, however many uh, members of Congress we have, and that's mm-hmm. district, that's how many electoral votes there are. It just, oh. just the only difference is, is that, yes, the only difference is, is that Maine and Nebraska are the only two states that are not winner take all. Okay. So if you okay. get the majority, so like in so like in Iowa, you get the majority. You win the majority of votes in Iowa. You take all those congressional votes, no matter what. Okay. But I if see. you're in Nebraska, but if you're across the river in Nebraska, you you don't you don't get all of them. It depends on if you get the majority of that district, that district, and that district. Okay. But there's only two states. There's only there's only two states that that have that, and that's Maine and Nebraska. Okay. So that that makes a little more sense. So that's why there's always some kind of um like uh argument as to redistricting or when they're re- redoing the maps of the of the uh, how are they it. allowed to do that so like, i don't understand so, that like go ahead so redistricting comes down so you know how we have a census every i think it's in the constitution i think mm-hmm. it's maybe every four years or five or six years a census but every time every there's 10. a census that's the yeah okay every 10 years that's the purpose of the census. That's the main purpose is that they're getting the numbers of the population for each district. And so based on those numbers, they're going to redistrict um, and draw the lines differently based on the that U.S. census. Now, when it comes to drawing those lines, that's that's where the controversy comes in, because it's, mm-hmm. it's basically subjective. It's all subjective on who's drawing the lines. Now, <laughs> for me, in my personal opinion, like when you look at the state of Texas and you look at we're, we're talk, not U.S. seats, but when you look at the state of Texas and their um, their their uh, Texas House and Texas Senate seats, not U.S., but mm-hmm. you know your representatives in Austin. When you look at the map, it's it's basically by county and it's drawn by squares, and that's mm-hmm. pretty simple. I I wish the U.S. was like every every state in the U.S. was like that for for the for your U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, your U.S. Um, districting because it would make it easy and there would be less complaining. There still would be there would still be arguments and fighting over it, but there would be a lot less because right now it's 100% subject to who's drawing the lines. Well, and also uh, you can tell, and that's where you get the term gerryman, uh, gerrymandering. Okay, so my question is also: yeah. I mean, do they add like new districts? Like they'll say like, okay, this population is There's bigger. A, We're gonna go ahead. I thought something like okay. that just happened in Florida, so, right? So, so they have, there's been a law passed and this is argued as there's some people who argue whether this is constitutional or not. I'm not going to get into that argument right now, but uh, <laughs> because according to the constitution, according to the constitution, 
as the population grows, the districts are going to grow. But if we actually did that, here's the thing. If we actually did that, your House of Representatives would be would be huge. Like they would gotcha. have to actually rebuild the state than the Capitol where that, that one side of the Capitol would have to be like a stadium size. Okay. Because it's supposed to represent like in the constitution, it says it's supposed to every, every uh, congressional uh, member of Congress in the house is supposed to represent like 30, like in the 20 or 30 some thousand people. Well, hmm. right now that's not how it is right now. Every member of Congress is on average is, is like uh, representing, we're talking like 500 to a million people. Um, and so, so anyway, there's, I know, and so anyway, uh, there's been, a, there's been laws passed that limits that to like 500 and some mm-hmm. um, districts and representatives. So now basically what they do now is that they don't change the number. So they're not going to increase the number. They're just, it's just going to, they're just going to redraw the lines. Redraw the lines. Okay. So, that's basically, so all right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Dude, you're like teaching me right now. Like right now I'm going through politics 101, you know, and I really appreciate yeah. it because I, I get into discussion with people. And that's why I say I give a lot of uninformed opinions because my opinions are my opinions of how i believe but they're uninformed i can't back them up with any data just how i feel you know what i mean yeah and but fuck your feelings right at the end of the day (laughs) but no dude i really appreciate you giving me this info so let me ask you then um dude um yeah this uh this election coming up well uh, before i go there before i go there uh there was something i wanted to ask you dude um fuck I lost it. It'll come back. But um, this election that's coming up, let's say, for example, um, we got two geriatrics. But yet we have so many more uh, capable people, you know, to to run this government. When are we going to accept that our government really is like fucking um, George Carlin said? And, you know, they're just giving us the illusion uh, of having a choice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, all of that's not going to change until we, uh, and this is a broad term, and I'll explain what this term means, but until mm-hmm. we get money out of politics. Now, mm-hmm. when I say get money out of politics, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying um, we need to get no money at all, or you can't donate money to anybody. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is as of right now, in 2010, and it goes beyond that, but 2010 is the most recent, there's a Supreme Court case called uh, Citizens United. Um, mm-hmm. And basically... The Supreme Court ruled that corporations or artificial entities, since they are a person legally, and that's a, that's another story. I'll get into that in a second. But since they are legally a person, they have rights under the First Amendment of freedom of speech. So okay. therefore, because of that, they have unlimited artificial entities have the ability to unlimitedly fund campaigns. Um, and so what are artificial entities? Artificial entities is basically a business corporation, um, a nonprofit unions um and so they have the ability to unlimitedly get involved in 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 campaigns and as long as that exists we're going to we are going to continue getting what we're getting because at the end of the day these politicians especially these career politicians it's a career for them so they're not going to listen to you the voter first they're going to listen who's ever going to put a million dollars in their campaign fund they're going to listen to that first before they listen to you don't sometimes sometimes when there's when there's a, a, an issue where their constituents have a big uproar and their constituents basically say, you either vote yes or no on this or we're voting out of office, then they might listen. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're going to go up there and vote for how, whoever is putting money in their pocket. So until that changes, yeah. It, it's disappointing, man, because, I mean, 
with the amount of money people put in on these fucking campaigns, if they were to actually put that into our own country, you know, our our and to repair our own fucking country, you know, shit. Yeah. How much uh, some of these campaigns, what they fund them with, could fund a small country. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, shit. God damn. Um, oh shit. But the. Uh... I don't know if you could hear me. I, I just got my you. earbud. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it's just pathetic to me that we spend all this fucking funny money on these goddamn elections and nothing ever changes. Honestly, it's like it's they call it progress, but I haven't seen progress at all, bro. It's just another day. It's, it's just another it's, day it's, here it's, in the life of the U.S. Well, what we live in is what's called they call a false left right paradigm. That's what we live in is a false left right paradigm. We're given, you know, it's basically two different heads of the same coin. And, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, when one, one side of the coin gets in the office, they're taking our freedoms away. When the other side gets in the office, they're taking our freedoms away. They're just doing it from a different aspect. Yeah. And that's, that's the, and that's what you call a false left right paradigm. You know, it, a lot I, I do have hope. I, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say I, I do have hope because I do think with things like the internet is as as bad as some stuff comes out of the internet. I do think that people have the ability to find and learn things quick uh, mm -hmm. uh, by the click of a mouse or at the palm of your hand and fact check things. And I do I do see that people are becoming more aware of certain things that people were not aware of maybe fifteen ten years ago. A good example, right. one of the best examples of this is uh, the. The fact that we're talking about inflation and sound money in the Federal Reserve that's now on, you know, that's being talked about in the political realm. Mm -hmm. Before Ron Paul, that was unheard of. Before Ron Paul even brought that up, nobody talked about that. And stuff like that, that now, you know, people are, you know, actually talking about. And so they're actually talking about serious issues and bringing it to the attention. Um, but then also you know, Ron, people have the ability to uh, fact check and look this stuff up. Yeah, Ron Paul was just, he, he was in the wrong era to campaign. Because I think right now, if he was like his son's age, he he would be yeah. fucking killing it out there um, with all, with the use of the interwebs and shit. I mean, that, like you were saying, I think it has brought a lot of knowledge to people. It is opening a lot of eyes up. The only problem is that, you know, for every good, there's a bad, you know. Um, people yeah. will, will just read a headline and be like, oh, shit, the sky is falling. You know what I mean? And they don't yeah. do, like you said, their due diligence and they don't do their oh, fact checking. Today's a good example of that. <laughs> Go ahead. Explain. So so the, uh, so a good example is um, one of the things I sent you and I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure you've seen this on the news today is uh, so the media has reported about the Vatican. Um, what the media has said is that they reported that the Vatican is now blessing same sex marriages. That is a complete lie. If you look that up and you fact check it, that is the media with their bias saying stuff that's not true. Um, and if you want a good fact check, you can go to the USCCB, the United States uh, Council of Catholic Bishops. And they came out with an official statement today on, on the document that came out from the Vatican. And they basically said really short and sweet two paragraphs. And they basically said, the church has not changed anything that has never believed. All has all has done is just, just said that people who um, are suffering sin or in sin or living in sin, just like any, any other people are, shall be individually blessed. 
but not the act of which which is committing sin and that the church has always uh believed that from the very beginning and they're not changing mm -hmm. it and so the ap says go ahead so like i'm looking no, you're, you're at what you have up um so like what, what you have pope approve approves blessing for see that's that's incorrect that is complete false So I mean I want to see where the, um, so the what he actually says because they have to hit it, have it in there. It's it's not the Pope. It's a document that came out from the Vatican that came out today. Um, I can if you want to go to your search engine, and I can show you where that's at. So, all right. So the new document repeats the condition and elaborates on it, reaffirming that marriage is a lifelong union between a man, a man and woman. And it stresses that blessings in question must not be tied to any specific Catholic celebration or Catholic celebration or religious service and should not be conferred to or conferred at the same time as a civil union ceremony. Moreover, the blessings cannot use set rituals or involve the clothing and gestures that belong in a wedding. Huh. So. What you just read, okay, what you just read, now go back to the, re the headline. The, what you just read exactly. is completely opposite of what that headline says. Opposite of what's on the headline, yeah. That's why I was yeah. like, all right, so it contradicts itself. So this is the tagline to get you in there. And Yeah, and but you see how the media, the media is just, they lie. Yep. Mainstream Yeah, because they're saying it's just, a, the Pope approves it. Oh, my God. I see what you're saying, bro. Yeah. Dude, they all, the all they all they did today, all the Vatican did was just affirm the same thing that they believed for years. And mm. the media, but there's a, again, there's a bias. The media has their biases, and so it's crazy, dude. I mean, I I trip out on things like that. Like the the media is there to just brainwash, you know, and yeah, keep the blind blind. I mean, I don't know, dude. It, it just it bugs me, I guess. I mean, it, what it comes down to is at the end of the day is, uh, I mean, it, when you see stuff like that, it just comes down to you got to fact check. I mean, as an individual, you got to be vigilant. You got to fact check. And, and you know, I would also say to stay a lot more away from the mainstream media, look more at alternative media. Even with that, that's a bias, but at least you're getting mm -hmm. some truth. But there's a bias. But then, like I said, even with the alternative media, you got to do your own fact checking. And you also oh, have to be funny. willing to hear the other side as well. Funny you mentioned that. Um, like I started seeing these ads on Facebook for like um what's it called? There's this like uh interwebs news. I'll tell you what it's called right now. Uh 1440 Daily Digest. That's become like my new um my new go-to. So let me see if I can share it on here. So if you guys get a chance, it's 1440. And it, all it does is give you news without like spin, you know. So it's basically. Let me see if I can screen share this one. Because you know it, it's difficult to know what to trust out there, specifically because everybody has some kind of a fucking agenda, bro. You know. Yeah, and and that's something else is when you see where the roots of where some of these uh alternative outlets are coming from and who's giving them money then you know mm -hmm. all, they always say follow the money and so yeah so this is like where i go to and it just gives me like a quick summary 
rather than um, having to listen to people give me their opinions, it's just, hey, this is the news. Here, you know, this is what we got. Yeah. So, yeah, the fourteen forty is what I've been. It's my new daily digest, I guess you could say. Border talks, Vatican verdict, and historic odors. Okay, I don't know what the fuck that is, but anywho, man, what else is up on your uh, on your mind, brother? What else is on your, on your horizon? Well, I'll add two two more things to that. Is there's there's two uh, uh, news outlets that I get every day. Okay. Um, and that's they have a YouTube channel. It's called The Hill. Okay. And then there's also another one called uh, Breaking Points. And what they do is they have somebody who they have two people um, at the uh, the in the reporting. And yeah, it is. Uh, they'll state that it's biased, but the thing is, they're two people from different points of view, and they'll talk okay. about it. And they have a, and, and they're also, um, how, how do you say? It? I think they're called crowd, either crowd funded or they're not. They're basically funded through 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 the um, the ratings and the um, likes that they get based on YouTube. Right. Okay. And, and so it's the so the name is the Hill and Breaking Points. Um, I've seen the Hill uh, and Breaking, Breaking Point. Point. Yeah, but I, I recommend that to everybody because you get somebody who has a little bit more of a progressive point of view, which I would say a more honest progressive point of view. And then you also have somebody who's a little bit more of a uh, either libertarian or conservative honest point of view who will go mm -hmm. on there and speak. Whereas like when you look at the mainstream media, it's I'm not even like when you look at MSNBC, they, they claim to be more left and progressive and uh, they're more corporate left. And then you look at like huh. Fox News; they they claim to be conservative. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say they're more neocon and more corporate conservative. And so, you know, those two, both of the that mainstream media does not represent the majority of of people. So that's See, why I give the recommendation. So there's this chick that I like to look at. This Vietnamese chick. I started looking at her because she was cute, but also because she was Kim a Iverson. Fan. Yes. Kim Iverson. That's my baby. That's that's someone yep. else I listen to. Yep. I, I listen to that's yep. another person. She used to be on the hill. Uh she was on the hill for a little mm -hmm. bit, but I was listening to her for the yeah, she uh, before the hill. But the thing I love about her back when she just had her green screen I, on YouTube, right? That's yeah, what I used to but, listen to her during the Tulsi back then, Go ahead. But from back then until now, she has changed so much. And I was gonna bring that up, so bro. Much, the reason why she's changed so much is because she stopped listening to the mainstream garbage and she started doing mm. fact checking and looking stuff up herself. And, you know, so like, like she used to call herself progressive and I don't even think she uses that term anymore. And now <laughs> she uses the term, she, she's been using the term. She goes, I'm libertarian esque is the term she uses. <laughs> she still has a lot of disagreements with libertarian. I mean, I, I have disagreements with some libertarians, but um, that's what she's basically calling herself now. But yeah, she's the other person I like to listen to. Yeah, dude, I, I started listening to her because she was like a big Tulsi Gabbard uh, follower uh, during um, the, her run. And you could hear her like she was super fucking far left from the way she talked. and like. But I think everything started changing for her when she saw that Tulsi was getting dogged out by her fucking the yeah. DNC. And when, uh, when Tulsi yeah. called out the DNC, um, you know, I think Kim was a bit hesitant to follow along. You know, and there were times that she would like yeah. be like at like in disagreements with Tulsi saying like I support her and all that, but I don't agree, which is fine. You're never going to be agreeing 100 percent with anybody, bro. But you got to yeah. be able to come to some kind of a 
an agreement. That's the whole thing about politics. But that it's gone away now. I, it used to be like I'll meet you in the middle, but now meeting somebody in the middle looks like looked at as weakness. You know what I mean? I what I try to tell people is it's about principle. Um, and nobody's perfect, but if if it's about if you know where someone's principles are, you're going to kind of already know where they're going to vote on certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, like I said, no nobody's perfect, but um, you know these these people, these career politicians, they don't have principles. Um, whether they be Democrat, Republican, they're career politicians who they're in it for the money. That's their career. So right. since that's part of their career, at the end of the day they're going to listen to whoever's putting that money in their pocket because that's going that's what's going to keep them part of that career because in a career what do you do when you're in a career you move up you advance you advance and right. move up if you're if you're part of that career political class you're not going to support people like Tulsi Gabbard, Ron Paul and uh J- RFK you're not going to support people like that because they're not part of that political cra- class that's going to keep allowing for the money to be put into the system so you can advance you're not going to support people like that. And I'm glad you brought up RFK. That's a great segue to the next, um, our next and final topic. Um, RFK, bro. Uh, you're a supporter of RFK, right? Is is yeah, that like, who you're uh, he's, he's That's who I'm supporting. Um, okay. I don't agree with him with everything, but the majority and a lot of the stuff um, I do, uh, I, I do stand with him on. You know, one thing I've realized is the more the media tries to drown somebody out, the better he might be for our country or they might be for our country. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, RFK, yeah. ever since I saw him on Rogan, you know, if it wasn't for that speech thing, like the impediment that he has, I think it would be yeah. great. It's just hard to listen through it. You know what I mean? And I hate to say it, yeah. you know, it's not by any of his own doing it, but it's just very hard to push through it. But his thoughts, his ideas, his against pharma shit, I'm a hundred percent behind it. Uh, do you think there's a viable way for him to even get into the house or to the white house yeah well i think the first thing i'm going to say is i think if you support as an individual person if you support somebody you need to you should support them all the way regardless of whatever their chances are um i think when it comes to third party candidates you look at in history he probably has the best chance out of any third party candidate in history based on his name based on his you know his his name recognition and based on the fact that he's he's drawing people of people who've never been involved in politics before and people who are just fed up with this left right paradigm this you know democrat republican stuff and they're just tired of hearing the same you know the same old thing and not getting any different results and the other good the other good thing about is that now that he's running as an independent he's able to bring these people together and you know and bring people together who probably in normal circumstances wouldn't be working together because they'd have to either be a democrat or they'd be working as a republican so that's where he doesn't have to play the political game like anybody else and so you know my thing is is we'll see what happens as the time comes um i think the most important thing right now is to get him on to the uh general debates if we can get him on the general debates i think that's going to change that's going to be the game changer Uh, because once people see who he is what he has to say it's going to cause people to think differently and then that's where i think we may have a chance to possibly have a third party candidate win um because and i'll make let me make this one note yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna ask go about about a, about, a, about a month ago i was at a, a, a an event where there's a lot of uh, young adults there and i was talking to this girl who's a, who's a 
school teacher and she talked about that she did some project thing about jfk mm-hmm. and then i showed her a picture of a because i got a picture taken with rfk at an event here in iowa mm-hmm. and she's like oh oh he, he was in he was in council bluffs What's, what was he doing there and i was like you don't know he's running for president but the point the point i'm trying to make is is that's wrong you know that just proves the effect that some of the mainstream media has exactly you know and no what i wanted to say was so, you know that and i don't mean to cut you off i mean um go ahead go ahead go ahead because i don't want to i don't yeah. want you losing your train of thought i was uh i was gonna say that's why we got to get him on that uh uh general debate okay so my, my, and, uh, more likely it'll be trump and biden biden I, look i honestly believe and this is just my tinfoil theories coming up um yeah Biden is not going to get the um the the um the the nomination. I think it's going to be Michelle. She's going to get the nomination. They're going to become more surprise fucking ending with her. But um, how do you how, how do we get him on all the ballots? Because from what I keep hearing is that he hasn't he has to get on all the ballots um in every state in order to be voted for. Yeah. So we still got a lot of time. Um, right now, the the with the the establishment, the powers that be, and everybody right now is focusing on these uh, on the the the, the GOP primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to get that first, as well as I guess if there is the Democrat primary, which is really not much of one. But so right now, that's so we actually have time to get him on these um, in the ballots of different states. We we got all the way until next November. So uh, we still got time, but yeah, that's the goal. That's what we're working on right now. And, so um, you can't just uh, you can't just have your name on the ballot. You have to have like a every state's different. Every mm-hmm. state you have to have you have to get a certain amount of signatures. It depends on every state, but usually it's it's a certain amount of signatures you got to get. Um, I will say that just to, as a, a side note, in 2000, uh, 2020, um kanye west was on the ballot here in iowa because he got he got a certain amount of signatures to get him on the ballot so it just depends on getting getting the signatures but the suppression that's done by the mainstream media or the now i've been hearing it called the legacy media you know whatever they want to call it the the suppression that's being put on him you know by just like you know like now i'm hearing them they're trying to fucking shut down vivek because vivek started getting momentum but guess whose name they're putting out yeah. more? They're putting out that female, the, the lady, whatever her fucking Nick name Haley. is. Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. Neocon. Yeah. That's why they're pumping her Neocon. up. Neocon. And that fool Vivek went hard on their asses, bro. I was I know. dying. Oh, man. Yo, RFK Vivek, 2024. Either or not, I'd rather see Tulsi <laughs> up there. Dude, Um, I really appreciate you coming on, coming on here, man, with such short notice. I think we had a pretty good conversation. Um, definitely gave me some political 101. And, um, dude, uh, anything you want to share before we dip out? We got to do this again. You know, I'm going to have to bring you on here again. Oh, yeah. I mean, we always got issues coming up. And, we can, and anything else you want to talk about, you got questions about, we can talk oh, bro. about. Um, but I guess, Go ahead. I guess uh, what we talked about at the beginning, I got a book right here. There we I go. Got two of them. Um, Raising chickens what is without that? a mini farm. Oh, okay, right on. Because Go um, check those no out. matter mm-hmm. no, no matter no matter what, no matter what these big corporations do, no matter what the government does with this farming and these big multinational corporations taking control of farming, 
if every individual person can be have somewhat independence on their own with raising their own, you know, chickens, eggs, mm. and having, you know, some mini farming to produce their own vegetables, you have independence from that no matter what. We should it's still something that we need to be aware of um and get involved in the fight against, but just know that that's an alternative. With that, I'll give you something to think on as well. Um it'd be great to be able to do that, but you gotta have the land to do it on. And that's just getting even if it's small up. Yeah. Even if it's your backyard. Even if it's your backyard. That's I mean you can you can have it. It won't be at a larger scale, but it can be if you have a decent size backyard, you can you can do it. Right on. Dude, I'm gonna try to see if I can get you and uh uh Dick Duke on here. Uh because I like the way that your your guys' minds are. And I don't want to get pigeonholed just into being military all the time. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it's oh, yeah. just uh, I'm still going to keep it as on the gun line because the conversations that you have on the gun line, uncensored, unfiltered, and edited, you know, but it's also just good, good, good knowledge. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you, Campos. Um, as always, I'll get with you um, and I'll make sure I because I'm going to start recording on Mondays just to drop it on Tuesdays. I want to start doing it every Tuesday to have an yeah. episode out. So I'll try to see if I can get with Dickie. Well, Dick, he doesn't like Dickie. That, that was me calling him that. Dick Duke, um, <laughs> I'll get with him. And um, he was on the last episode with, uh, it was called Fun with Dick, uh, Dick and Gary. So um, I'm going to see if I can get with him over the weekend. And then maybe we could plan something for next Monday, if that's cool with you. Yeah, we can do Just let me know when, and yeah, we can do it. Oh, wait. Next Monday is fucking Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, Christmas 25th, yeah. And then Shit, the following okay. Monday is New Year's. Is new, so it'll be uh next year's episode. <laughs> we'll get together because uh, I'm not gonna fuck with nobody during their holiday, man. Hey, but I appreciate you once again, yeah. Campos. You have yourself a good one. You ever want to jump on here? Let's say you got something you want to talk about, just let me know. Hey, Lopez, I want to jump on and talk about this. I don't give a fuck what day it is. We'll drop one that same day. We'll call it an emergency fire mission, man. All right, all right. I appreciate right. you, oh, uh, yeah. Campos. You have yourself a <laughs> good one. Go ahead, shall I speedy? You goddamn right, standard data, baby. <laughs> Charge yeah. seven white bag, baby. Ready, ready for ver ready for verified. <laughs> ready to be verified. <laughs> verified. Anyways. <laughs> All right, then, big dog. You have yourself a good night. Have a happy holiday, man. Have a, a happy Merry Christmas. I don't know if you believe or don't believe, but um, I hope you have a good time, a good time with your fam, and uh you enjoy the rest of your time. All right, big dog. All right, man. Good to see you. Good to talk All to you. All right, good to see you, too. You know where to find me at, brother. Yeah. All right, later, brother. <laughs> All right. Hey, with that being said, that was a good uh, conversation I just had with the homie Vincent. Wait a minute. Are you still on here, right? Is he gone? I'm trying to get off. Okay. I'm trying to learn how to fucking finish this. So with that being said, I... I I'm fucking it up, bro. I'm trying to learn. With that being said, I hope you all had a good conversation here with the homie Campos. Uh, we did some learning today, and I hope you all have a great damn. He, oh, you too, Campos. <laughs> with that being said, man, rounds complete. End of mission. Gun line out. Y'all see the little banner at the bottom, and hopefully, y'all decide to you know support a homie. Y'all know where to find it. I'm not gonna be blasting that all the time. Anywho, um. Yeah, rounds complete, intermission, gun line out. Deuces again.